This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Explorinate Podcast. Explorate Podcast. I am your host, Rob, and joining me tonight is special guest, Jesse. Welcome back to the show, Jesse. Great to be back. Great to have you back. And we also have Drexy, who's risen from the dead. Welcome, Drexy. Yeah, thanks for waking me up. Cheers. This is <laughs> Rob. This is your idea. This was your idea. And we're here <laughs> because of you. And it's a great idea. It wasn't a bad idea, but it was your idea. And so blame yourself. That's what I'm saying. Well, it's your fault that I have to do so. Was it 3 a.m., half free? Man, I don't know how you do it, but I'm glad you do. Hi, Ben. Hi. Hi, Rob. It's good to hear from you. It's good to hear from you too, sir. I feel like we just talked, which is great, because I feel like, you know what? I can always rely on Ben. I don't know about Drexy, but I can always rely on Ben. Come on, man. Let's. This is Christmas spirit we're trying to foster. Oh, you're here, right. Not, not division amongst the ranks. You're right, you're right. In fact... We should we should we should start hyping this up because it's first of all it'll be the last episode of 2022. We're going to be moving into 2023, which is insane. And more importantly, and more excitingly, really, is that we have a lot to talk about this week, and that includes our game of the year choices, and some Master Magic, and some Spell Force, Conquest of EO, and I want to talk about Solaris too with Drexy because I want to tell Drexy about how good it is and how much he sucks. I mean, sorry. In the spirit of Christmas, I want to tell Drexy how much I really enjoy Stellaris and how he might be misguided. So well, you're supposed to talk about how much you enjoy me. You're right. I do enjoy you. So I, I'm glad you're here, Drexy. Come on, guys. Keep this stuff off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to leave this ASMR shit, you know, you can do it later on. <laughs> you're right. Sorry. I, I, but yeah, he hasn't done his Duke Nukem lately. So I'm really upset about that. I'll get him to do it before this episode's over. Anyway, so with that, with that being said, you know, what do we start with? What do we start with? I'm gonna, you know, I think we start with, we start with Master Magic. It's probably the hottest topic right now. And we just had a, a fantastic interview. Me and Ben here had a fantastic interview with Mila, who is, you know, like partially acting producer and also like narrative lead at Muha Games, who have just put out the new Master Magic 2022 reboot, whatever you want to call it. And... Unfortunately, right now, it's sitting at mixed again. It was very briefly at, at positive or mostly positive, And then it slipped back down to mixed on Steam. And I know that there's been a lot of discussion on the, the Explominate Discord and also even the Explominate Steam forums about like what makes Master Magic 
either a good or bad game, depending on where you stand on that side. And I'm, I'm interested to hear what you're thinking, Ben, because I know you are kind of knees deep in it right now. And also you're going to be responsible for our review. So, you know, I mean, I feel like you went from being like, I don't know, I don't think this game is great to, hey, I'm actually enjoying it. So how did that progression work? Okay, so if you'd have asked me this question yesterday, the answer that I would give you would be completely different. And I've actually spent a day today playing it as much as I could. And I think that uh, we need to talk to Jesse, by the way, because Jesse's also played this. And um, initially, my thoughts were very much uh, aligned with what I think he thinks. But I've kind of changed my mind a little bit. So um, actually, let's hand it over to Jesse first, and then I'll finish off because I'm interested to hear what he said, because I agree with a lot of what he's his his point is go ahead jesse okay yeah so i so i, I want to make, make it clear beforehand that i haven't actually played the full game of masters of magic i was only i only played the preview version which explore Minate produced uh, to write a preview article for the game so you know with that in mind i just found it incredibly dull uh i played through up through the the end point of it a few times you know, just so I had a proper proper feel for it. But like, I, I know it's a classic. I know it's, you know, a grandfather of the genre. And, you know, I could see a lot of the threads that it had produced that, you know, had moved on to further games. But it just, it is a game that definitely needs an update from my perspective. It's one that has been so reproduced, has been so followed up on that, like nothing it's really doing is even, you know, remotely interesting compared to, you know, some of the better Forexes that we've had in the last few years and, you know, are, are probably going to be seeing in the near future, and which we'll be discussing later. I felt no real need to come back to it uh, with a full release. Um, I'm glad you're having a great time with it, Ben, but it's just, it didn't hook me. It didn't capture my attention and it didn't leave me feeling like it was something that was worth spending time on. And I'm the sort of guy that, you know, if a game is one that, you know, it feels like it's worth spending time on, I'll spend, you know, dozens or hundreds of hours with it. And MOM just did not do that. Yeah, well, I have to agree with Jesse here on almost every level because I actually have had the full game, but I felt the same way because I don't really think anything changes with, with getting more turns or having access to any of the other stuff because I just feel like, the design of Master Magic, while I know that it does its like it's it's, it's had its impact on forex games forever, uh, for you know for since it's it's come out, I don't believe that that design really has any place in 2022 anymore. Because, like Jesse, I believe that there have been games that have come out since that have pushed the genre forward in ways that I think are that have forever made it difficult for me to go back to any of the old school forex games and that's the same like unless a design is like absolutely masterful which i believe master of orion one was i don't believe that i'm really able to go back to the designs of those forex games in the 90s i mean like you you provide me with a game that's much like master i'm sorry master of orion 2 and i i also start to get bored with it and the reason i think that that is with master magic is because well, I understand that there are some nuances to like unit depth and, you know, maybe building armies with a variety of different races that can create fun and exciting builds. Or I guess like, you know, there's there's some excitement to filling out your ranks with, 
you know, particular units that would keep you strong and stuff like that. I, I don't like having to manage every city. I don't like that there aren't that many units per race. I don't really like that you can pick up all the races. I know these are all like Master Magic staples. And so I think that I just don't like Master Magic anymore. I wanted to. I really did. But I just... There's, there's not enough here that's made it modern enough for me to enjoy. And there's also too much in the way of keeping true to a game that was made 30 years ago that's just not it's not there anymore. I mean, there's so many 4X games that have come since that make things more fun. And it's just it's just not doing it for me. So sorry. I know that you're I mean, like what, what Jesse said, I'm glad you're enjoying it, Ben. But it's just not I can't I'm, I'm not going to sit here and and wax poetic or even say anything really positive because I don't like it. But, you know, I, I do want to, before I finish my, my diatribe here, I do want to apologize to Muha games because I'm, I'm a huge fan of them. I feel like what they did with Thea one and Thea two was fantastic. And I do appreciate what Slytherin does with most of their published games, but I feel like they dropped the ball here. And that's my personal opinion. I think it's a bit of a case. Damned if they do, damned if they don't with this game, because you get a lot of people complaining about, oh, it's what you're saying that in this day and age, this sort of game isn't really good. But then if they made a lot of changes, then you would have had a bunch of people who are massive fans of the original going, oh, they changed it. Like that Master of Ryan game that came out or whatever. But one thing I don't understand is why they didn't have a caster magic mode built in right off the get-go. I'm figuring that maybe it's going to come as a DLC at some point, but really it should have been in, in the release version. Okay, so I think there was a big problem here. And one of the big problems was that Slytherin made a massive mistake put giving the press version a massive time limit like that or a really strict time limit. This game is so slow because it's based around the version 1.31 release version that Simtex released back in 94 or whatever. And it's just a snail's pace game, unfortunately. Muha have made some mechanical changes to try to speed things up, but it's just not enough. I really, really like Slytherin. I think they make good game. They produce good games. They they're generally great to deal with. They made a massive mistake here. No wonder Jesse didn't get into it because there's there's nothing to see in a hundred turns. It takes a hundred turns to like while you're still building your initial cities. You rip, like I usually haven't done any combat by that point or very very small amounts unless I'm trying to go for a rush build. So that's the first thing I want to say. I think I really did not like that. That's the first time I've seen it from Slytherin. I don't want to see it again. It's really really unhelpful, particularly for when people are trying to get an idea about the game the the big issue drexy right touched on this and i think the problem with here is that muha couldn't really win this one this is a game they couldn't really win because they in the interview mila said they didn't want to make caster of magic because caster was you know its own game and it was kind of too different and it would have upset purists who liked the original game the problem is the original game isn't that good so what they've done is they've made a really good remake the problem is it's a remake of a quite a bad game Right, so they could have made a really good game because Caster of Magic is amazing, and I think Caster of Magic is probably one of the best top. It's one of the best fantasy forex games that's ever been made. It's up there with with Fall from Heaven, and it's a different game completely, but it's really, really good. It's super tight. The game design in it is really, really clever. Uh, it's got good AI. It's there's there's basically everything you know everything in there that you want in a game like that. Um, unfortunately, Muhad, you know, were forced to make this remake of a of a bad version of the game though the difficulty curve puts people off 
And this is the problem. Like if you remember Lucid Tactics talking about this when we interviewed him, he made the point that Master of Magic is one of these games where the mechanics are complex. They look simple, but it's actually really difficult. So most people don't actually get into the game and you've got to really understand the meta and game mechanics to really be able to understand the nuance in it. So most people aren't willing to play for 12, 24, 36 hours in order to start getting their head around how it plays before they kind of write it off as being a bad game so that that's also an issue again this ties in with this whole thing about slithering just putting this stupid 100 150 turn limit on the press release it's just that wasn't going to work you actually have to play the game to really kind of understand why it's a good game if you'd have asked me this question a couple of days ago i'd have said no i'm kind of i'm not liking it and the reason is because i think version 1.31 is a bad game and caster of magic is a way better game they should have done that but Every, everybody was going to be annoyed with this. There's no way that they could have won this game. So I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things. By the way, Rob, you don't have to manage every city. There's a there's an AI that manages the cities for you. You don't need to do that. And there are loads and loads of units in the game as well. If you include all the spells, and there's the the game is quite carefully balanced. At least, well, Caster is V1.31 has made you know, tried to make some effort to sort of come up with these kind of these builds that you can get between the different books of magic and the different races so there's a lot in there and it's a really replayable game the issue is for me it's just too slow and they should have the caster of magic is a better game they should have gone with caster so i hope that if they fix this they're going to fix it by adding more game options to change things like population growth which is just glacially slow in this game and then to add modding so that people can mod in things like you know the caster of magic mod because that would be great because that would that would alleviate most of the problems with this game which is just the fact that it's just snail's pace yeah but they could have had castle magic in there they could have just had classic mode for all these idiots that want to play exactly the original 1.3 master magic and then you have the modern version or whatever it could just be an option when you go to a new game where you could just pick which version you want to play. There's nothing that's stopping them from doing that. So this is what really bugs me about this. And I've, I've been writing an article because I was going to do a video on this and I've actually had to rewrite most of it because initially the video was very, very negative. But I've actually had a lot better time with the game since. And, and literally today I've actually started to understand it. So I'm enjoying it more. The issue is that really bugs me though is that Muha could have built the game from one of the later uh, one of the later unofficial patches which fixed most of these issues but they didn't instead they've gone and put in their own changes to fix the problems with 1.31 so if they'd have thought about it a bit more they could have just based it off caster or one of the you know community one of the later or the, the official community patch that would have been way better i think than what they've done because then what what's what we've got now is we've got people complaining because the game isn't it's too it's too different from that you know the this kind of version 1.31 broken game that everyone seems to love and it's so that because i've added new mechanics and they've changed a few bits and pieces here and there you've, you've inevitably got this kind of contingent of people on steam downvoting it saying it's not the same as the original like so instead of doing that they should have either stuck to the original completely and just not changed anything because at least then they could have they could have made those few people happy or they could have just gone with one of the community patches or the community patch or one of the unofficial patches and then built their game off that. I think they've kind of done that a little bit, but it just feels to me that in trying to please everybody, they sort of please no one. What I will say is though, the game is, is on 69% positive, by the way. So if they, they only need about 
10 more positive reviews and it will go into mostly positive. So I don't think all, all is lost. I think that it's just, it's a hard crowd to please. And I don't think, I think when you're making these remakes and remasters and all this stuff, it's just a game that's really hard for a developer to win because, you know, you need to really decide who you're aiming this game at. And I, I don't really think they knew. I think they, they tried to hedge their bets and aim it at kind of everybody. And I think that it's going to take a while for this one to really sink in. The, the other problem is with Master of Magic, like I said, is it just it's just really hard. It's a really difficult game. And, you know, it takes a while for you to kind of get to the point where I've seen people complaining that it's way too difficult. I've also seen people complaining that it's too hard, which to me sounds like, um, you know, the AI is actually quite good and the AI is actually about right because some people are finding it hard at the beginning and then they're getting better at it and then they're starting to like me today i thought it was really really difficult and then i've, I've started getting my head around it a little bit more and doing a little bit better so i don't know i think the game is good it's just a remaster of a bad version of the game well then so i mean to counterpoint or to create a counterpoint here i mean there are a lot of people i didn't realize how caster magic how divisive it was until this came out because there are a lot of people that are like basically like if you'd made this caster magic i wouldn't have bought it and I, I guess I just didn't realize how divisive that that like unofficial mod or you know surveys mod was because I from you know you you tell me that right you hear that from Ben and other people that if they just modeled it after Caster it would have been better but then you hear equally you know equal number of people that are that are saying that if you'd made it Caster magic then it wouldn't have been real magic you know it wouldn't have been real mom so I guess like like Drexy said they're they were screwed either way right and. So that's why I kind of wish that they had just gone and done their own thing. They'd made Master of Magic 2 with the same wizards and they had just done some new things and changed it up. Like just gone ahead and done their own game because remakes suck. I think we all know that. And, you know, they were screwed to begin with. And I just feel like if you're... I, I realize that Slytherin gained the license. So they're thinking, all right, well, we can... I, I don't know. Maybe they thought this was a quick buck. I don't know what it was, but I just really feel like that if they've given given the the developers of two really unique and exciting games, really, that did, did a lot of new things and pushed the genre forward in some ways, if they'd given the reins of Master Magic to those guys and let them try their own thing, I think a sequel to that game would have been a better idea and would have been something that we probably would have been more receptive to. Put it this way, right? I'm going to play this and i'm enjoying it actually I, I do think that muhar have made a good job of the difficult brief that they've been given you and jesse are quite and Drexy are quite right that the game design is quite old by today's standards and there are certain things in it that are looking a little bit aged i still think that it's a good game design and it's it stands the test of time if you're the kind of person who likes that kind of game um, but i do think that yeah, there are going to be people who are not going to be like new gamers are going to be less impressed because they're going to be like, oh, it's not got this and that, that I like from, you know, Endless Legend or or Age of Wonders or that kind of thing. I do think that it's like the more I've played it, the more polish that I'm seeing in it in certain respects. It's got some problems. There's some pathfinding bugs at the moment, which are really annoying. Um, there's a lot of the, the game mechanics in Master of Magic are really, really, really complex under the surface. So things like, but not really complex, but there's there's just weird stuff like, Population growth is a bit of a weird one where there's there's actually some math behind it in the background and, and Muhar haven't explained how it works. So when you're removing a, a halfling uh, farmer in at the early game and it's removing three food each time, later on it's only removing two and you're like, why? And then if you, because there's no UI prompt or 
anything in there for you to actually go and have a look at. You have to go to the, I think there's a manual. So but they but it's just it's just confusing like i ended up having to go to the old wiki for the original game to try and figure that out because i because a friend and i or somebody on the discord and i couldn't figure it out and then i eventually looked on the, the wiki and then it was like okay here's why it's because there's this there's this maths algorithm that kicks in after you've got you know 10 10 population <laughs> that changes it all and it's like it's actually a really really carefully developed game under the hood you know it's particularly the combat people make the mistake that it's simple it's not it's not that simple and it takes a while for you to start realizing quite the nuance that is in master master magic i've got to be honest though i didn't need a remake i don't like remakes i don't like remasters they're always crap i just don't i just i i, I like the original the ui in the original is a little bit of a chore that said everything else about it is great so to be honest once the once the shine of this one is kind of worn off i'm probably going to go back to playing caster of magic it's just quicker and easier to play but the one thing I will say about Caster, though, I think Cerevi kind of, he didn't put his best foot forward when he made that mod originally, and the default setting for it was all these weeby anime models for all the different characters, just <laughs> like all these cat, it's not cat girls, but it's basically just, you know, a bunch of really, really weeby anime characters instead of all the, the original things. So I think I think that's part of the reason why quite a lot of people have got a bad reputation with Caster. The other thing is it's just hard as well. But if you play Caster of Magic on the easiest setting, it's pretty much the same as like three one point three one on the harder settings. It's not that different. I don't know why people would choose that old version of a caster. Caster's far superior in my opinion. Right. I mean, for the fifteenth time, I think the the fact is that they were screwed either way. I mean, that's just that's just the the like bottom line really is that no matter what they did, they were gonna be screwed. And I kind of got the impression when we were interviewing Mila that she understood that too. And I think as she worked her way through beta and started to provide the previews that she realized that there was going to be a group that really liked it and there was going to be a group that equally disliked it. And then there was a group that was going to be pretty ambivalent. And I, 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 I think that's just going to be the way it is. And I'm eager to see what they do with it. I'm, I'm hopeful that they've sold enough that Muha can actually, you know, inject their own flavor kind of like, I mean, like what the, the, I mean, there was like a hint of that, a hint of an impression that that was what was going to happen next. So let's hope, let's hope. I just, I mean, I don't want to see the Master Magic license go away, but I just don't think this was the best foot forward. So anyway, let's go into another divisive game and that's called Stellaris. And I'm going to tell Drexy why he's wrong. I mean, so this is coming from me, right? I have literally hated Stellaris for as long as I can remember. In fact, the entirety, I think for like the first couple months, I was like, wow, this is cool and new and I, I really think it's cool. But then I realized like that at the end of the day, I just wasn't enjoying myself anymore. And I came back around to it, I don't know, a month ago. Okay, what do you have to say, Drexy? <laughs> I, I, I think this is the problem that you haven't played it since release. Whilst I've got over, I've got close to 500 hours in it now. So... This patch to me is not that amazing. The combat change is not that amazing and it doesn't change the game and it's still the same old Solaris for me because I've played it a lot more than you, I guess. Right, and that's perfectly fine. But then I think that because I have come into it and finally given its time at this point, that there's so much content and so many different ways you can create your empire that I've realized why people say it's like a role-playing game. And it's not because you role-play your 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 faction, your race, whatever. It's not like you have to like create things or, you know, like, you know, 
I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. Like it, when I, when people used to say that it was a role playing game, I thought it was because you had to kind of like create things in your own mind to like make it more well rounded and and basically you know fill in the gaps a bit with some of the things that weren't there. But no, really, the reason why people call this a role playing game is because, or at least at least that's the impression I'm getting now, is because there are so many different empire builds you can make that they, it feels like creating a character class for a role-playing game, like an action role-playing game. Like if you picked up Grim Dawn and you create your character and then you start to develop your character over time and you pick these different traits and you go down from different skill trees and stuff like that, that's what Stellaris feels like in the 4X realm. Because when you create your initial traits and your initial origin and all that stuff and and really just everything that you start off with that's like creating a character build and then throughout the the rest of the game as you're picking up traditions and all this other stuff you are building out your character and it actually creates a lot of depth it creates a lot of replayability that i had no idea was there and i'm starting to really appreciate that and yeah okay so some of the gameplay isn't that fun right i'll i'll admit that like the middle game kind of still sucks i don't like some of the galactic senate stuff i really just don't care about it maybe it's because i haven't played the right build to enjoy it but the rest of the stuff is really fun and i have gone into this game with a fresh set of eyes and have now explored it in ways that i never have and realized that there's a good game there there's actually a really really good game there and i think that with some more help with the custodian staff, I think that it could really become a, a classic 4X game. So that's my my take on it. I want to come back to this game here in a second after we we argue about why it's good or bad because there's also a really cool dev diary that came out and it definitely gave some hints on what's next. But what do you have to say? See, this is the problem. You've, you haven't played it enough to uh, understand the flaws I think personally, uh, because you again, okay, it's great for you because you know, oh, all these all these twenty DLCs worth of content I've suddenly had thrown into my lap. But I think if you spend another hundred, two hundred hours, then you start seeing what I see of it. So I think you're sort of in this weird honeymoon period, which I've been in plenty of times with this game. Every time a DLC came out, but. Uh, for me, <laughs> what do you want to say? Come on. <laughs> well, okay. So then I still feel like I got my the value of it, right? Like I still feel like I got my hours worth. If I honestly have to, have to play this game for hundreds of hours before I'm like, oh, I see the flaws in it, then holy shit. I mean, I don't spend hundreds of hours with most games. Honestly, I think if I were to t- like tally the the most hours I have with games, I mean, a lot of them were probably in my childhood, but through like the steam generation so for like the past 17 years of my steam gaming i have probably put the most time into endless legend and endless space 2 which might be somewhere around 250 hours i don't have time right and on top of that i try to get myself involved in a lot of these games to report on them and to know what the hell i'm talking about when it comes to this podcast and for the site so if a game ends up giving me 300 hours 250 hours before i'm like uh screw that game then that's a damn good game in my opinion. So 
I see the the complaints, right? I see people, especially when a dev diary drops and someone's like, are you going to fix what happens when hive minds become, uh, you know, altruistic and they also take the perk of, you know, and like, I'm like, oh, oh my God, yes, that's, that's extraordinarily specific. And that's, that's, that's something that like, I don't understand why that's an issue, but I, I'm having fun. So that's all I have to say. I'm enjoying it. And it's never been a game that I've ever enjoyed before. And I finally see what everybody's talking about. And if it takes me another $200 before I start hitting it, then I feel like that's money well spent. And I'm thankful for that. See, this, I think this is where me and you differ because I'm looking for that game to fall in love with, like Distant Worlds when that came out, where that's all I want to play. I don't want to play 10 games in one month. I would just want to play that one game for that whole month and really enjoy it and really dig into it. And I don't know. I'm not, rev- I'm not a reviewer like you. I don't need to play all these different games and stuff. But I will say there are a lot of stuff Stellaris does really well. Uh, I'm not, okay, I, may, I'm a, I sound like I'm saying it's a crap game, but it's just a very, very paradox game where for me, the main important thing for me in... Well, there's many important things in Forexes, right, that makes the whole game great. But there's one element that has to be really good in any Forex game. On top of all the other stuff is combat. Combat has to be... This This what we do in Forex games, for the most part, is combat. And for me, Stellaris combat is just... It's, it's EU4, big number beats smaller, slightly smaller number. Even with all these combat changes, it's still this big, build the biggest blob and win. Okay. So uh, I, I wanted to jump in here real quick. So I, you know, I actually agree with Rob on a lot of this. And in fact, like I have my overall problems with the Forex genre, but Stellaris is probably... I think it's the only like pure space forex that has really worked for me, and it's 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 for a lot of these reasons that Rob says. You know, it's it's the the RPG elements, like how much differentiation you get from you know play to play. There's like a ton of interplay variety. I actually stepped away for for quite a while because like you know in the early days it had a lot of it, it just didn't work very well. It had a lot of the other problems that I feel that Paradox games have that have, you know, actually made it. So I haven't actually played any other Paradox game since uh, I think the most recent Crusader Kings came, Kings came out. And I only played that for, you know, 50 or so hours before I decided I just had no interest in never playing it again. But I, I came back to it this year. We, we have some, you know, someone else that we all know, Omar, who really, you know, has been a strong proponent for a while. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to come back and give it a chance this year. So I, you know, kind of like Rob did, um, I bought, you know, all the DLC, uh, and I dived in and, uh, I am someone who has time to play, you know, more games. So I, I've gotten, I think 400 hours in it so far this year, which I, th- it may- has made it, turned it into my second most played game on steam total behind battle brothers. And I'm pretty sure that it, I, mean, I would need to double check, but I, it, either it or total war warhammer two and three are my most played game of the year period. I just, you know, it, it's not perfect. No game is perfect. You know, what Grexy says about the combat is true, but I find the strength of every other element of the game 
to be just so huge, like so magnificent that it just doesn't even bother me. There's, I have so many other things to explore and investigate and uh, enjoy that, you know, sure. I throw some blobs, you know, I, I honestly, I found some, you know, designs for ships that people had put together on YouTube, use those and just let myself get lost in the rest of the game. And I even actually enjoyed the mid game. Now I would always like in, Previously, you know, years ago when I was playing it, I'd always hit the mid-game, get bored, and move on. And, you know, that's what actually pushed me away from it. But I feel with, like, the Galactic Ascendant, which I, I, I think I enjoy a little bit more with than Rob, but also, like, the upgraded and changed vassal mechanics and lots of, you know, some of the other stuff that they've poured in since then have made it so this is one of the few 4Xs that I can actually play to the end of the game and still find myself engaged and really just loving it. It's just, it's just so good and it's just going to get better. And at this point I w- would be extremely surprised if I encounter another space forex that ever exceeds Stellaris for me. Well, that's high praise indeed. I'm still a little ambivalent about it. After we had that last discussion, I went back and played it and I think I lasted about half an hour and I didn't hate it, but it's just going back in and learning the game again after not playing for a couple of years. Uh, I was just like, I can't be bothered now. And I've never gone back to it. So um, that's not me saying that I don't think it's a good game. I definitely, I think that the more recent changes have been really good, at least for the little bit that I've played it. But I don't know. I think that I'm going to be controversial here. I think Distant Worlds 2 is a better game now. (laughs) And that's going to annoy a lot of people, I know. But, you know, there you go. I think I'm going to go through some some stuff. I mean, I mean, they've finally made planets a non-clicker game. <laughs> I'll give them that. The planetary management is way better than it used to be. But I think the the biggest issue is you can customize your race so much, but at the end of the day, there's it ends up you 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 can do almost the same thing with any race. Your weapons are all the same, no matter who you play. I was one of the main people who complained about the uh, different jump drive methods, making uh, uh, like choke points and that just useless. But now I've, I've changed my mind, and I think they should put the different warp drive, and that's all you can use when you start your race all the way through the game. The tech tree should change depending on how you've built your race there's just so much i I, my problem is i can see so much potential but there's just large areas that whilst it's trying to be asymmetrical because you're doing the same tech tree all right maybe you can get like psionics or something like that if you play a psionic origin but there's very few texts that are to do with your origin that only that origin can get. So you'll notice that if you play Stars for a long time, you get to a point in the tech tree where everything is just 5% extra of this and 5% extra of that. And when it comes to combat, which I'm saying is the main important thing for me, it, it, it ends up, well, everyone's the same. The only, I mean, there are some cool stuff that I was doing with... Uh, necroids where you can make a, 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 a what well, the, the, the space amoebas you can resurrect them and have them in ships and that's really interesting but this game actually needs a lot more stuff like that which makes your race place a lot different than any other race in the game well i'll, I'll wrap this up by saying that i think that 
they're not going to finish with this until it's that game. I really don't believe that they're going to stop playing. There's no reason to make a Stellaris 2 when you've got... A, Stellaris still looks really good. And B, I think that they could do what you're doing, what you're asking them to do with this system they have now. Like with the the, the engine. I think the only thing they could really do to make a Stellaris 2 or that would help would be to put it on a different 64-bit engine. But uh, I don't know. We've talked about Stellaris so many times on this this podcast. And I just... You know, I wanted to come out and say that I understand it now. Uh, see, my main issue is you've been slagging off Stellaris when it's been like how it is now for maybe four years. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe <laughs> that's I my did. main problem with this. You loving Stellaris at the moment. So, for me, it's like, hang on, it's it's been like this for like four or five years. <laughs> well, this is why I stopped kind of slagging it off because to be honest, I've got to the point now where it's been such a long time since I've played it. That I don't really feel I've got a valid opinion on it anymore. And that every time I play it, I enjoy it for a bit, but it's like endless legend. I enjoy playing endless legend for a few hours, but I never ever finish a game. So. All right. Well, I love it. And we'll see if I love it in a couple hundred hours, but let's talk about Spellforce conquest of EO. So there's a game that, you guys will get to see, hopefully, probably about the same, same time this, this is coming out, this podcast is coming out. Check out the YouTube channel with our exclusive, our world exclusive, because I don't know how the hell I did that, but I managed to convince THQ Nordic, will really own my gravity, who are fans of what we do here at Explominate, to give us world exclusive. I just begged enough that they gave us world exclusive gameplay footage. And then, so what happened was that I was able to convince Jan Wagner, who is the director there at Owned by Gravity, to come on the show, basically watch me play and then talk me through some of the stuff that they did, some of the design decisions they made. And, you know, I'll have to say this, right? I can give general impressions. I can, I, I, I wax poetic about it on the video. And somebody who has about 25 hours in it now, I can say that it's the Master Magic that I wanted to see because it does a lot of cool fantasy things. It has a lot of the same elements, right? Like the, the spell book is really important. Your units are important. Your unit compositions are important. And the way you upgrade your units are also important. But it also, like, it has that same almost trifecta of balancing your mana and so on and so forth. But the game moves in a, a direction that I think is unique and more fun in that it strips away a lot of the like management of, of what would be a 4x game and focuses more on the adventure and the antagonizing mages and i think it just makes for a much more fun game and there's there's so many quests it's almost like a role-playing game adventure game and a 4x all built into one and it's trying new things for the genre and all three genres that it kind of almost creates its own genre, but and, and more importantly, it's just fun, right? Like that's what I want in a game. It's it's got a lot of great tactical combat. The combat matters. It's quick, but it matters. You know, it really your your tactics will affect the, your outcomes every time. You know, you, you you can be up against enemies that are more powerful than you, and if you have better tactics, you're going to win. And those battles drive you forward. The adventure drives you forward and that you want to find out the next quest. You want to read the next little blurb of, of quest text. And you also kind of want to find out what's going on in general. Like there's this overarching circle of magi that are 
part of the problem, but there's more to it. So I don't want to get too much into that, but I just, there's, there's a lot of intrigue when it comes to the story being told that makes you want to continue playing. So I'm really, really impressed with the game and the guys were the, the developers behind the recent fantasy general two reboot, which actually was a legit reboot in that it was like new and unique and fun. And their tactical combat was really great in that game. And they've brought that same tactical mindset and tactical know-how to this game and also added some 4X elements and and some Thea elements too, which is funny because, you know, Thea being Muha, they actually added like this this very Thea-like element where you, you get to move your Mage's Tower around as you consume finite resources and... You know, again, it's just a lot of, there's a lot of tactics involved. There's a lot of strategy involved. There's a lot of fun adventure and there's a great story. So I think people are going to be really excited to play it. And I think that you should be checking it out on YouTube if this remotely sounds good to you, because I think that it'll be a game we're going to be talking about a a lot next year. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for this, uh, especially being a a huge fan of Fantasy General 2. Yeah, this is looking to be a good game so another game to look forward to in 2023 i'm actually in the beta test for this one i have an nda so you know i'm not i can't go too much into detail about it but i've been given permission to provide some impressions so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw something out here which is a bit of a strong statement for me and that is in its current state assuming you know certain balance changes that are the normal part of the beta processing sorry the beta testing process happen I think this is one of the best games I've played in years. I like if it was if it was releasing this year, it would definitely be my game of the year. It's quite possible. I need to I would need to recheck what my rankings were for last year, but there's a good chance it would have been my, my game of last year as well. And uh, I expect that 2023 is going to be an extremely strong year for new games. But going into it, it is it, it has the crown and it's going to. It'll, it'll be see it'll it'll be interesting to see if Baldur's Gate three or Rogue Trader, if it's released next year, as I expect, are strong enough games to knock off its perch. It's just it combines a really disparate set of elements extremely well, as Rob was described. It's fun, it's exciting, it's it's really resolved a lot of the issues that I've felt were that that I felt feel that have been frequently occurring in Forex games for quite a while. And you know, like really new and really innovative ways, and it's just it's constantly exciting for me to play. In fact, like I, I'm actually really glad that I played Master of Magic, not because I enjoyed it, because you know, based on my earlier statement, you, you know, it's clear that I didn't, but because it the, the elements that it takes from Master of Magic make it clear like what a, a direction that Slytherin and Muha could have gone into, you know, if the constraints that they were on, they are under weren't there. It's just, it's clear that Owned by Gravity are, are masters of strategy. Like they are very familiar with the genre and they were able to, you know, take things from a variety of sources, mix them up, add their own like really cool innovations to, you know, basically just make a, a, an extremely astounding, outstanding game that is enjoyable basically from, you know, the, the point you first started all the way to, you know, the point that I've been able to get into the, into the game. It's just, it's wonderful. And I'm just, I'm really excited to see, you know, the, the where it's going to end up in its final stage. Fantasy General Two was a really, really good game, and it's a shame that it didn't get played more. And I don't think that 
I'm not really sure what happened with it because Slytherin did quite a good job trying to market it and, you know, putting out tournaments and stuff to get people playing. So maybe they're a little bit, you know, kind of, they learned some lessons with Fantasy General 2. That is a really good game. And I think that it's way better than people realize, in my opinion. Like I, I see people talking about it, but I don't see anyone raving about it. But I think it's a, a game that we should be raving about. So if, maybe that they've actually taken some ideas from that old game and looked at you know the old RTS version of Spellforce and tried to come up with some you know some fr- a fresh take on the forex genre, which is exactly what we need. I don't know anything about the game; I haven't really seen anything, so I'm just going to trust you guys that it sounds really good. I'm really excited to see what the general Explominate Nation will like, how they'll receive it. And I honestly believe that there's there's just ripe opportunity for a lot of new content for the game. I mean. There's just so much you could do with the the formula, you know, new mage types, new units, new areas of the map, just new quest lines. I mean, there's just so many things based like built within this like sandbox they've created that they could just keep going with. And I I see a, a bright future for them. And I really believe that there's going to be I mean, the Spellforce license itself is way more important to some people than I, I thought it was. And it's more like popular than I thought it was. So I know that that's going to bring over some people that probably haven't done turn-based games before. But the people that are already in a turn-based games who are like 4X fans who like fantasy adventure games or whatever the hell this is. I don't know. A fantasy adventure 4X RPG. That's what I'm going to say. And if, if that sounds like a cool conglomeration, amalgamation of games, then you'll you'll probably really enjoy this. And like Jesse... Going into 2023 for me, it is definitely the game to beat. Although 2023 is insanely stacked with amazing games. And I I mean, you mentioned Baldur's Gate 3 and Rogue Trader. I mean, Diablo 4 for me is also way up there. I, I'm really excited about Homeworld. I'm really excited about Company of Heroes 3. There's so many games that I'm really excited about for 2023. 2023 is going to be one of the best years for games in a long, long time, if not of all time, really, because it's just so stacked. So we'll see, but it's a great game, and I'm really excited for everybody to get their hands on it. Ben, apparently you weren't paying attention like a year ago when I actually finally got into Fantasy General 2 because I was definitely seeing the praises of it. And, you know, I, I'm usually always a mixture between sort of like pessimistic to cautiously optimistic about new games coming out. And I was, you know, and actually I, I was both, you know, cautiously optimistic about this one as well as ca- cautiously optimistic about Muha's uh, Masters of Magic. But, you know, this, this one has definitely proven itself to me through the beta process. And, and I, I really, really am excited for you guys to get your hands on it just to see what everybody thinks and, you know, argue ardently with everyone who, you know, anyone who ends up insisting that it isn't great. Cause like, I really hope this one's a hit both because I'm greedy and I want to see, you know, potential DLCs, you know, new wizard types, new monsters, you know, more of everything essentially. And also because like, this is, you know, this sort of game, the sort of masterpiece, I, I'll, I'll go as far as to say that I, I think it's, it's going to be a masterpiece that I want to be influencing the entire, you know, Forex and Forex adjacent genre, because, you know, for, for many years, like I've been, you know, kind of, I, I found the Forex genre in general to be kind of tired. There's still, you know, occasional forexes that will pop up and I'm excited about, you know, I think, you know, they're fun. I really like Shadow Empire. You know, I'm enjoying my time with Stellaris, but mostly it just, it seems that they're following the same loop with, you know, different sorts of bells and whistles. And it's just, it's dull. It's boring. It's not like interesting or innovative. And I really feel that this one is interesting and innovative and the forex genre needs a shakeup. And I feel like this is the game. If it's successful, that can do that shakeup. 
Yeah, I agree with you 101% there. I agree with you completely. I'm the same. I'm kind of I'm sick of Forex games at the moment. They're all derivative. It's very, very rare for one to come out that's actually as good as something like Shadow Empire and to be worth playing over the others. So I'm really pleased to hear that this is a good game because um, if it can go in and shake up particularly the fantasy Forex genre, um, I quite like Master of Magic, don't get me wrong, but then I'm also quite content with these old games. So I... I'm not saying that it's the paradigm of game design in Fantasy Forex. And Fantasy Forex particularly have not really moved on since Fall from Heaven, to be honest. So, you know, I'm uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear how it's going to go. And, you know, speaking of those kind of great games, we need to talk about Game of the Year now. I do think that at the beginning of the next year, I want to talk about the games we're most excited about for 2023 because we, we kind of touched on that. And I think there, I mean, as I was starting to talk about it and think about it, there's also Aura, History Untold and Zephon and all these other games that I'm just like extraordinarily excited for. So I, I do want to do an episode where we're talking about the games we're most excited for in 2023. It can be across all genres, but for 2022, when I look back on 2022, the game that really absorbed me the most and really had my attention the most was easily Terra Invicta. And I realize that some people will say that you can't use a, an early access game as a game of the year. But for me personally, I, I know that they're doing tweaks and they're making the game better as time goes on. But the significant foundation of Terra Invicta has already been built and the game itself is already very fun. And when it came out, I was obsessed with it and the discussion around it. And it really kind of consumed me for a couple months. I have 40 hours with the final product, but you know, like the, the time before that was much higher. And the only reason I haven't come back to it and I haven't gone back through it is because I, I want it to be finished before I go back and really dive in. I'm hopeful that it'll be during a time where there's maybe a lull in the insane year that 2023 will be. But yeah, I think Terra Invicta has my easy vote for game of the year. I was like, you know, like I said, I was just so enthralled by it for a couple months. I really enjoy it. I think there's a, still a lot of life in it. I mean, it's, it's not even out yet, but I still think there's going to be a lot of modding around it. And... I'm really looking forward to its, you know, likely long life as well. So Terra Invicta for me. What about you, Mr. Drexy? Uh, yeah, for me, oh, well, <laughs> I'm going to say Elden Ring. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I know it might piss off a lot of people and people go, it's a forest game, it's a strategy, but honestly, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the game I played most this year. It did come out this year, right? Yeah. <laughs> but okay from the strategy and forex game realm i definitely want to give a shout out to Terra victor that's definitely up there for me of course distant worlds too whilst it, it for me it needs more content but it's definitely now they've got all the but the majority of the bugs out of the way i'm hoping to see a quick development on there but yeah Good job on Distant Worlds 2 and turning around from an awful release to an actual playable game. A couple other shout-outs is uh, Symphony of War was really good. I really enjoyed that. And Songs of Conquest. But, yeah, screw you guys. I'm going to say Elden Ring because I've played that the most this year. And I, I have always hated Souls games. I never got into Souls games. So it was a big surprise for me. I enjoyed that. All right, well, of course, you're defying expectations. Oh, I wouldn't expect anything less of you, Drex, but it's good. I like it because I actually loved Elden Ring a lot too. I, I played it a bit on the PC, but I played the ever-living shit out of it on Xbox. I mean, like a hundred and something hours this year. 
Love it. It's easily my favorite. I even bought it again. That's how much I like it. Yeah, it's a wonderful game. I really enjoyed it as well. Really, really enjoyed it. So if you're into role-playing games, Elden Ring is all it's cracked up to be. I actually disagree with you guys because Elden Ring, I mean, I, I can agree that Elden Ring is a very high quality game. You know, it, it was very well put together and well thought out, but it was actually the game that convinced me that I can't actually do open world action games anymore. Like, it's just, it's, it, it was cool, but like, there, there's just so much repetitiveness wrapped up into it that it just it, into the DNA of these games that like, it, it, it just doesn't work for me anymore. But for my top three for this year, so, you know, I'm, I'm a lot more focused on turn-based tactics and, you know, I'm a bit bored with strategy. I mean, Forex games, as we mentioned. So um, I would have to say, so like my number one game of the year uh, came out early in the year. It, it was um, basically like a return to form for strategy RPGs. It was even published by Square Enix and it, this was Triangle Strategy. It had like ex- excellent, excellent stage design. The decisions you made in party composition and what sort of units you wanted to bring to battle was outstanding. The story wasn't amazing, but I feel that like for turn-based tactic games, I just, I care a lot more about the actual turn-based tactics over, you know, any other element that's going to be going on in there. Second it is actually, you know, a little bit outside of my normal genre. And, and I, I, it's, I actually kind of feel it's almost unfair to give it to it because it's, it's an amalgamation of several games that were put together, but uh, I was convinced by a certain YouTuber who does long-form reviews to try out Total War Warhammer again. And, you know, I got two, which was released a few years ago, and then pretty quickly acquired three and started playing Immortal Empires. And I have put so many hours into that, both single-player and multiplayer. And, you know, once again, you know, it's uh, Immortal Empires is an amalgamation of all, all, everything that's come up, up to this point, but it's just, it's such a triumph. It's such an amazing play experience. Um, I've never been huge into Total War games. Uh, I've played a few and, you know, enjoyed them fine, but this is just such an excellent experience that I, I just, I can't get around the fact that like, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite games of this year. And then the third one is actually a remake. You know, one of the things that you you all were talking about, you know, almost never being done well, and that was uh, Tactics Over Reborn. So for this one, you know, it, it is a remake, but they they actually did, went did a lot in sort of like streamlining things, taking away a lot of the grind that was introduced in the PSP version, and then adding in quality of life, user interface, a very small amount of content, and the this total package is just it's really good. And, you know, if you like the SRPG style of games, then it is, it's definitely one that I can recommend that you check out because it is, it's, it, it's, you know, broken the tendency towards bad remakes and it is definitely worth playing, especially if you've never played Tactics Over before. Jesse, is it closer to something like Final Fantasy Tactics or is it more like Fire Emblem, would you say? I would say it's closer to Final Fantasy Tactics. It actually is an inspiration for Final Fantasy Tactics, it came out earlier than it. It doesn't have like the job system, which for me actually really makes Final Fantasy Tactics stand out, but it has a lot of the other things that went into it, sort of like elevation mattering, uh, isometric structure, you know, I guess isometric views and battlefield maps. It has a speed system as opposed to a I go, you go setup. So it's, it's definitely in the, you know, fantasy Final Fantasy Tactics line of games, or really it should be called the Tactics Ogre line of games. Yeah, awesome. Great choices. I, I, I mean, I, 
I agree that all great, all those games are great. I haven't actually played Triangle Strategy the full game. I played the demo and was like, all right, I got to play this game. And it just kind of fell through the cracks for me. So I'll have to swing back around, especially with recommendation like that. I definitely want to make sure that I play it. So, hey, Ben, you're up. What's up? What you got? This has been a difficult one for me because Forex wise, honestly, I think this was a bit of a bad year. Uh, I don't think it was the worst year we've ever had, but it was it was underwhelming. There was several disappointing releases that got better. So for 4X games, I'm going to pick Distant Worlds 2. I think that it's a lot better game than it was on release. It works for me now where, you know, I'm not getting this massive slowdown, whatever it was that was broken in the engine, they fixed. Uh, the game is getting better. There's a member of our community who is a game developer called Delta V who's made some very, very good criticism of Distant Worlds 2 and where it is lacking. And um, I'm going to talk to him at some point and just kind of pick his brains about exactly what it is that he doesn't like. But the gist of it is that the game seems to favor automation now over people who want to play manual. And I agree with that. So that's one of the big gripes that I've got with the game a little bit, that they've they've kind of like shifted the player towards favoring the, you know, the automation. And the, and the other issue is that the automation isn't always that good. <laughs> However, I feel that the game is incrementally getting better We've got some interesting things coming up, I believe, um, from them soon. So I'm 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 confident that Distant Worlds Two is going to start edging its way to back towards where Distant Worlds Universe was. Except it's just going to be a better game overall. Um, I think for my second game, I'm going to pick Dwarf Fortress, the Steam release. I love Dwarf Fortress. I've been playing for a good few years. I'm not particularly good at it, but I'm getting better. It's just an amazing game. Like, I, There's not much more for me to say. I think the Steam version has been very, very good. It's got a few little things that annoy me, but for the most part, hell, my girlfriend's playing and there's no way that she would have played ASCII Dwarf Fortress or even messed around, you know, modding the tile sets in and all that kind of stuff. So and my, my younger brother, who always turned his nose up at it, has started playing and he's, he's loving it as well. So mission complete for Bay 12. I think that they uh, they really needed to get more people playing and they've done it. And it's a massive success, I think. They sold a hell of a lot of copies have made a shitload of money. And uh, yeah, I'm just dead pleased. It's, Dwarf Fortress is amazing. If you've not played it yet, go and play it. It's the best colony game out there. And then finally, I'm with Jesse on this one. I think Total War Warhammer 3 has become the game of the year for me. I haven't played it a whole lot in the last few months. Um, but then again, I didn't actually play Warhammer 2 very much until this year or until late last year. So it, I, it's one of those games. I've got thousands of hours in the Total War Warhammer series, including I got like five or six or 700 hours in that first game. And that game wasn't that good. I liked it at the time, but looking back at it, it was kind of crap um, compared to what we've got now. The Immortal Empires, it's a mess, but it's also amazing. It's an amazing mess. Uh, I think Creative Assembly need to fix this issue that they've got where you've got to buy all three games. That's a real problem. However, it looks like from some initial communications from them that it is, it is they are they are looking to do something about that to make it more accessible to more people because Realm of Chaos isn't that great. It's all right for a bit, but then you get bored of it pretty fast. What people want is Immortal Empires and they need to open that up to more people. So I just want to use my platform just to make that case. But I love Immortal Empires. I think it's amazing. There's so many factions in the game, so many legendary lords. They've made a real effort to make them all play differently, different starting positions, like different different mechanics for most of the races it's just really good now and you know that decade of development or whatever it is uh, is is really starting to show so that is my game of the year i think um i also like elden ring <laughs> i'm with you on that one jaxi i think it I, I got really really sucked into that i haven't gone back to it actually and i'm not quite finished it but yeah i 
I, I watched the Never Knows Best review of it and or, or part of it, and I, I, I accept some of the criticism that was in that. However, I like that kind of storytelling method. I don't like. I get bored of exposition. If people tell me too much about the story, I'll turn off. Whereas I like stuff where you kind of like, you know, you mind just the some of the storytelling. And for me, that really, really works dead well in uh, in the Souls likes. So yeah, so that's mine. Yeah, it's uh, it's Total War Warhammer Three. I think that's the the crowning the crowning game of my of my gaming year. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Great, great group of games, guys. I really appreciate you guys sharing that because quite frankly, I would agree with all of them. They're all great games. The only one that I haven't tried of those is Triangle Strategy and I will absolutely make that a, a priority for me. So, all right. Well, You've got to pick one. You can't, you can't go do game of the year and then not pick one for Explominate. We've got to pick one. We will. I think we have to, but I don't know that we're going to agree on anything. I mean, I guess, honestly, at this point, I think we could all agree that Total War Warhammer 3 is pretty damn good. So it might be our, our pick. You'd have to ask Drexy, though. I don't know if he, how much he's played that one. I've played it uh, maybe 40 minutes. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think we have to pick now. I, I really do want to do an article where we just kind of highlight it. But I do think that okay. if, well, if we I were... Think, I think it's going to be between that, Distant Worlds 2, and Terra Victor, surely. Well, they, they I'll all. Terra Victor. I, I want to like it, but yeah, they all just, argued against that one. Yeah, I said, no, I'm not arguing against it. What I will say about Terra Victor, even though I, it, you know, how people used to say about Dwarf Fortress, oh, I really like the game, even though I've never played it. And I like the idea of it. And I like watching the stories. I'm kind of like that myself. I can't be bothered to play Terra Victor. It's just too long and slow. However. I love it for what it's done in the sense of shaking up the genre. Just like what I was talking about, you know, how Jesse was describing, uh, you and Jesse were describing uh, Conquest of EO, Spellforce. I think that we need these games that come in and start shaking things around because Forex developers are starting to, they, they're starting to get set in their ways again. And this golden age of games that we're in is, is going to quickly enter a dark age unless we're careful, really, really careful, you know. In a, in, a, in a world where great games like Imperium's Greek Wars kind of go under the radar and then other stuff that I think are absolutely crap just get raised to the top. I, we need things to be shaken up, man. So, um, And I really, really think that that was one of those games, Terror and Victory. It really has. It's a step in the right direction. I just think it needs a bit more polish. And I think it needs to be, I don't know, I think it might be a bit too, cha- too, too late for them to do anything to change the things that I don't like about it. But at least I like it in theory. <laughs> Yeah, I think we'll we'll have to revisit this in an article very soon. So stay tuned for that. And there's a lot of stuff coming. Like we've got my Gauss 4 review coming as well. I actually have set myself a date for that. It's going to be December 23rd. So come check it out on December 23rd. It'll be done and Ben will have made it sound and look good. And beyond that, we have more stuff coming in 2023. We have a lot of stuff to talk about, especially a lot of Forex games. I mean... Oh, I'm, I'm really excited. Zephon, Ara, History Untold, but of course, Conquest of EO. And, you know, there's a lot more that are probably going to be released next year. So, and hopefully a Distant Worlds 2 expansion. I do, you know, we talked about Stellaris. Stellaris definitely hinted at new content coming. They were talking about how their custodial cat staff and their crisis staff are going to be basically the custodial staff is doing a patch every three months and the crisis staff are going to be doing a full-on dlc or expansion every six months and so we're going to be due for an expansion somewhere or dlc somewhere in the like march or april time frame and with that the hope and the excitement is that there's there's there was a quick solving of the puzzle that the 
Stellaris dev team put out with their last dev diary, and it sounds like there's some something, some sort of DLC or something coming with like contacts. It says the message itself that was decoded was contact is coming. Our contact, yeah, contact is something is coming or something no, like that. Contact whatever. is coming. Basically, what they did was, um, was it like a bunch of RGB colors and then, yeah, and they dropped it down them to- into hex code and they, it basically decoded the colors into contact is coming. So people are guessing that's a hint for the new DLC. And some people have even been thinking whether you're actually going to play as a one of the, um, what are they called that the primitive races yeah one of the primitive races or yeah. th- there might be a new mid or late game crisis, crisis yeah yeah so exciting stuff if they make combat and warfare in particular a really important part of stellaris and as fun as it is in other games like distant worlds then i will love stellaris because i like everything else about it i just can't stand the damn well, I, I, this is what i was saying this is my was my point that the combat is just not good enough and the changes they've made are not good enough it's just big number versus big number who's got the biggest number wins they need to make weapons a a lot different from each other and okay let's just move on let's end the podcast because i'm tired and i'm rambling but yeah (laughs) i I can't see how they're going to fix combat ever there's a lot of us that don't need combat and Regardless of your complaints about yeah, combat. until some big empire comes knocking on your door and you, I, you can't I, circle jerk yourself enough in a, <laughs> a 20-man federation to not be attacked when you're building tall and making gardens in the sky and stuff, and you just get blapped. So, <laughs> I mean, you were saying in, uh, was it the, the Spellforce game that, oh, yeah, you can use tactics to beat a bigger force? Well... Sorry, you can't do that in Stellaris. Other than circle jerking yourself in a massive federation, which I Jesus, good God, you just keep dropping the circle jerk. Huh? I'm just going to keep saying that at the end. Hey, 2022 is over. Let's circle jerk. Jeez. <laughs> All right, well, guys, I really appreciate you joining me tonight. Stellaris is great. Thanks for joining me, Jexy. Yeah, no problem. Fuck Stellaris. And Jesse, thanks for joining us tonight and providing some actual input on strategy games. I was happy to join you all. That's much more than Drexy ever does. So, Ben, welcome back to the show, Ben. I don't know why I just said that. Ben, wow. thank, thanks for being here, Ben. I'm tired. Thanks for being here, Ben. Anytime, man. It sounds like somebody's cast a spell of confusion on you. Ah, like. uh, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I, I, I do. You know, like as, as in the spirit of the the holidays and as like an exit to 2022, I do want to say that I appreciate you guys always being up two or three in the morning whenever the hell you guys get up to do this with us because without you guys the show would be just me most of the time so thank you for for being here and and for making this show what it is yeah i'm just remembering when you said humankind was going to be the game of the year <laughs> yeah i was wrong about that you're right yeah, look you're at me now things though come on i mean up for ages i was saying that i thought master of magic was a dead loss and now i'm enjoying it so there you go yeah Funny how things can change, right? So, anyways, guys, thanks for joining us. This was Rob, Ben, Drexy, and Jesse for Explorinate. Until next time, keep exploring. <laughs>